Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. You know, this past week we celebrated Thanksgiving and I couldn't help but be thankful for all the things that God has done in our lives lately and in the lives of those that have surrounded us. I've been, I've seen him comfort lately and I've really been watching and seeing what he's done in those lives around us. And I've seen him comfort the brokenhearted like never before. I've seen him provide in a mighty way like never before. I've seen him heal the hurt and restore the wounded like never before. But in all of those situations, I knew that it could only be Jesus that has changed the situation, that has made the situation better, that has taken them to the next step. It could only be because of Jesus and because of his grace and his love. I knew that um, in, in recent times, because of what God is doing in, the, in, in this area and in, in the world in general, that God's got a great thing in store for people. But in each and every one of those situations, I believe strongly that those people seeked after God. Those people were in proximity with the Lord. Those people had um, a relationship with the Lord. Those people dove in and seeked after him. And the proximity that they were in to Jesus mattered because as he, they drew close to him, he drew close to them. And you know what? In each and every one of their lives, it started somewhere. They had to start somewhere. They had to start by taking their place and reaching in and doing all that God has for them. So we're going to start in the word this morning and we're going to go um, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're going to see how everything has a place and everyone has a place. And I'm going to start in chapter 12 and I'm going to start with verse 12 and I'm going to read out of the new NIRV. And I just want to say this morning, you know, I have, I struggled in school. I wasn't good in school. I was just like, Lord, if you get me out, I promise I'll never go back. So I was very thankful when I was actually able to graduate because I didn't send out graduation invitations because I wasn't sure I had to take government and economics two different times because the first time I think only one person in our whole entire class um, passed. Um, so I wasn't quite sure that was all free uh, information. I don't know why I shared all of that. But anyways, I say that to say that if you need a version of the Bible that you can understand, that does no good if you can't understand it, if you can't read it, if the words are too big for you to understand, you can't follow along, let us help you find a version that works for you. I really enjoy and I really like, it's called the NIRV. I believe it stands for the New International Reader's Version. Um, the Bible that I still have to this day is the one that my dad bought me when I graduated from high school. And it's a spirit-filled life Bible, but it's a student Bible. And for a long time, I struggled with that. But I really feel like, this isn't in my notes, but I really feel like it's, that's for somebody today. Don't let the enemy or the world or how you were raised or your sister or your brother or your parents, how smart they were, how educated they were, don't let that affect you. Find something that works for you and run with it. Find something that connects with you and run with it. It doesn't matter if you're not gonna read it. God doesn't care what version you're reading as long as you're reading a version. So we're gonna read it in starting in verse 12 in the NIRV version and it says, there is one body, but the body has many pieces. Even though it has many pieces, they make up one body. It is the same with Christ. 
The body is not made up of just one piece. It has many pieces. Suppose the foot says, I am not a hand, so I don't belong to the body. It is still a piece of the body. Suppose the ear says, I am not an eye, so I don't belong to the body. It is still a piece of the body. If the whole body were an eye, how would we hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how could we smell? The pieces of the body will not take sides. All of them will take care of each other. Verse 26, if one piece suffers, every piece suffers with it. If one piece is honored, then every piece gets to share in its joy. You are the body of Christ, each and every piece and each and every part of it. So what is this saying? To me, this is saying that everything has a place and everyone has a place and your place is important. We are all individual pieces, but we are all pieces that make up a much bigger picture, a bigger part of than just ourselves. We are the body of Christ. We are the church. Not only are we one individual piece, but you and me together make up the pieces of Tree of Life Church. That is, and that's this house, in this church, whichever one you are, whichever piece you are, you make up a part of the global body of Christ. You know, even if we're countries apart, even if oceans separate us, we are all still one body together. And how many of you know that there's a lot going on in this world? So the body of Tree of Life needs to make sure that we're on mission and that we're on point and we're in our place doing what God has called us to do. And you are an important piece to this body. Sometimes we think that just because we're not up here on this stage or just because we're not seen, um, that we're not important. And you know, this morning we saw some amazing praise and worship. We saw Pastor Don up here take up way too much of my time. We, uh, <laughs> we also, you also see me up, me up here speaking, but you know what? What happens on this platform isn't all that happens to make this service happen, to make today happen. What you see isn't all that's going on. There's a whole lot in the unseen that's going on to make all of this happen. You know, there was people that came up here last week and they rehearsed for this morning. Those people came up and they practiced. The musicians practiced, the vocals practiced. They practiced for this morning. There's people that were here this morning that got up before some of us even were out of bed and they were here preparing things to make today happen, to make everything flow smoothly and to make everything go well. There was a group of people that was up here last uh, yesterday morning and they were praying and interceding that the presence of God would be in this place this morning. They were setting the atmosphere for us this morning. You know, this past week and early this morning, there were people that were working on crafts, getting crafts together, getting lessons together to prepare and to teach our children over in our tree kids and our tree student ministries. You know, we're not babysitting over there. We're teaching them the word of God and there are people that had to prepare that. There were people that were here early this morning preparing breakfast and making sure that our coffee was gonna be able to be served this morning. You know, that there's people that are running the sound and people that are running the media so I can be seen and so I can be heard today. There's people that are behind the scenes that are chatting and talking to people online right now as I'm speaking. There's a whole lot of unseen that is happening that's not seen. 
In fact, going back to verse 26, it says, when one piece suffers, we all suffer. And if one piece is not in place, it actually impacts every other piece. So what would it be if people decided last week not to show up to rehearse? What would it be like if the musicians decided not to practice? That could be scary. What would it be like if people decided yesterday, you know what, Saturday morning, I don't wanna come in and pray, that's usually me, um, but I do it anyways. <laughs> what if they decided they didn't wanna come and they didn't wanna intercede for this morning? What if people decided the nursery, you know, the kids, let's just babysit today. Let's not put some effort into it. Let's not teach them about the word of God. What if they didn't think that that was important, so therefore they didn't show up today? What if the media department, What if they didn't show up today? <laughs> when one piece suffers, we all suffer. Let's give the media department a hand. Thank you so much, guys. I felt like that was an important point. And you know what, so many times you don't really know that they're back there unless your mic does go off or doesn't come on. And so we're so thankful for all that they do and the gift that they bring to the table that you know what, we would suffer if we didn't have. So again, when, when one piece suffers, we're all affected. We all suffer. You know, I've been thinking about this a lot in the last five weeks, and I've been asking God, how could I explain this in a way that would make it understandable, that you would walk away with something and that would, you would remember um, beyond just today? And I truly feel like he's given me that answer. And again, it's each and every one of us, I think when you came in was... Uh, given a puzzle piece. And if you weren't, you can get one um, on your way out. It's the little tiny baby puzzle piece. Um, but I feel like what the Lord's been saying over the last five weeks to me is, you know what? I have this beautiful picture, this beautiful puzzle piece picture, this beautiful box that tree of life is not just tree of life, but also globally. I have this beautiful picture for tree of life and tree of life. You could say is made up of about a thousand people here on a Sunday morning. And so you could say that we're a thousand piece puzzle which I love to do puzzles. So puzzles are super fun to me. And so a thousand piece puzzle is way fun. And so I love that, but you know what? I wish I could see the picture on the puzzle that God has for tree of life. I think it would change my view sometimes. It would change my attitude on, Sunday, on Saturday mornings when I don't wanna get up and come here. If I could see what he sees, my outlook, my attitude, my perception would change. But God has this beautiful box of all of these pieces that tree of life is in. And you know, once you start taking those pieces out and you pass them around and you set them out all by color and everything, each piece matters. If it's a thousand piece puzzle, each and every piece is important. Each and every piece is needed to complete that puzzle. Each and every piece has a purpose. Whether you're a corner piece or an edge piece, you have a purpose. If you're a middle piece, you're important. You can't, you can't use a corner piece for a middle and you can't use a middle piece for an edge. Each piece is important to make up the beautiful picture that God has in store for us. Now in our case, each piece connects together to make up a puzzle of the body of Christ, of tree of life family, tree of life church. You know, I wouldn't dare buy a puzzle if it was missing pieces. To me, the whole puzzle suffers then. If one piece is gone, then the piece is incomplete. The puzzle, excuse me, is incomplete. Who would wanna work on a beautiful puzzle? I've done this before. Worked on a beautiful puzzle 
and end up being missing pieces. Whether it's lost under the table, the dog ate it, your husband wanted to be the one who puts the last piece in so he can say he helped, who knows? But no matter what, nobody wants to put together a piece, a puzzle to find out that there's missing pieces because it's not complete. It's not complete. And you know, God's been showing me that we've all been called to be a piece of his grand puzzle. And when one isn't in their place, it affects the whole puzzle. It affects the whole body. God's been saying to me, if you could only see the picture of my body all over this earth, Jessamy, you would see that there's so many missing pieces. Some are missing due to heartache. Some people are staying home because of COVID. Maybe they've just gotten comfortable. Some are missing because of fear. Some are missing because of rejection. Some are missing because of pain. Some are missing because of offense. For all kinds of reasons, they're not in the puzzle today. They've chosen not to be a part of the bigger picture that I have in store for them. And they can't see what I see, the Lord said. They only see their one piece in front of them. They only see this one tiny piece and they can't see the special design that I have specifically for them. The destiny that I have specifically for them. I have a great big puzzle of a plan for their life, but they're not in their place. They're not where they're supposed to be. Church, can I tell you this morning, now's the time to get your puzzle, your piece in the puzzle. Now's the time to get in place and you can start today. In fact, nothing will spark your spiritual momentum like embracing the place that God has set you in, but you have to take your place. Every piece, whether you're an edge, whether you're a corner, whether you're a middle, every piece is important. You know why? Because ultimately it's not about me being a middle or you being an edge. It's about all of us coming together and collectively we make up the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what this is all about. It can easily be said that if I just stay here and I just focus on this one piece right in front of me, I can get discouraged. I can talk myself out of what is ahead if I just focus on this one piece. And let me tell you that the place that God has for you is far greater than any position you could ever seek after or obtain. I promise you God's got a great plan if you take your eyes off of your one piece and you put yourself in his beautiful picture. You know, there are countless people in the Bible who would have missed out on their place, missed out on their destiny that God had for them if they hadn't been in the right place. So we're gonna take a few minutes and we're gonna look at Elijah, someone that was in his place when God came looking for him. So turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19. We're gonna skip around, but I'm gonna start in verse 15. And just a little backstory where we're picking up this um, story, where we're picking up this story in the Bible is where Elijah has just had this great victory over Baal and he's running for his life from Queen Jezebel. And he ends up in a cave where he's struggling and he feels like he's in an overwhelming position of fear, of doubt, and of loss. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like you're in a cave and you're just struggling? You're overwhelmed. You have so much fear and doubt that is just clouding your mind. And he's just seen God do this amazing victory, but yet all he's focused on is his current situation and the one piece that's right in front of him. 
He can't see past his God-ordained destiny. He can't even take his focus off of what's in front of him and remember what God just did for him. He doesn't see how he can fit in the puzzle of, that God has for him anymore. And yet he was exactly where he was supposed to be when God came looking for him. And God had a plan for him and God had a plan for the successor in line behind him. And so we're picking up in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse, 10, verse 15. And the Lord, it says, and the Lord said to him, go back the way you came. Go to the desert of Damascus. And when you get there, anoint Haziel as king over Aram. And anoint Elisha from Abel Mahola as the next prophet after you. He is the son of Shaphat. When Elijah left Mount Horeb, he saw Elisha, the son of Shaphat. Elisha was plowing in a field. He was driving the last of 12 pairs of oxen. Elijah went up to him and he threw his cloak or his mantle around him. You see, God sent Elijah to find Elisha. I wish he would have used different names that weren't so hard and weren't even so close. But nonetheless, they both had to be in the place where they could be found. And you know what? In the natural, it might have seemed like they were in a place of despair for both of them. One of them's hiding out in a cave, feeling overwhelmed, full of fear, full of doubt. And the other one, is behind 12 pairs of oxen. And they, he could have felt like maybe he was forgotten about. He just keeps plowing and keeps plowing. But God knew how their pieces would fit together. You see, the, prof, the prophet Elijah's timing was coming to an end. And God told him, I want you to go and anoint a successor, a person that will come after you. And now you might think, who would that successor be? has to be some great celebrity. It has to be some king's son out in front fighting in the battle. It has to be some guy with a great business plan or a marketing plan. It has to be the guy that everybody knows. I'm sure it was the guy that was the best speaker, had great grades in school and graduated valedictorian. I'm sure that's who God is going to anoint. Maybe it was the guy with the most land, the most camel, the most sheep, the most donkeys. But what the Lord said to him is, I want you to go back the way you came and go back into the desert of Damascus. The thing I often find in the word of God is when God comes to anoint his people or catapult them into the destiny that he has for them, they're normally found in the place where they might think it's not important. God normally finds them in a place of obscurity. He tends to find them in a place of a desert that's dry and arid, a place where you just keep plowing and keep plowing and keep plowing. Or he finds them in a cave where you feel overwhelmed and like nothing's changing and nothing matters. God knows where to find you if you're in your place. You might be in a place where you think you've lost your momentum, a place where you think nothing's happening, but that place when you're tired and you just want to give up or give in, that's the place when God's going to come and look for you. It's that challenging place in your marriage when you're just ready to give up or give in. It's the challenging place in raising kids when you just feel like it's too hard. I can't do it anymore, God. I just am gonna let my friends or social media or the TV or the world raise my kids. I'm just too tired. 
It's that place where you are serving and you're serving and you're serving and you feel like nobody's noticing, nobody's seeing you. And what about all the dreams that you have on the inside of you? It's that place where you continue to tithe and you continue to sow and you continue to give and you feel like, why am I struggling? It's that place where you've kept yourself pure and you're single or you've made the choice to be pure at this moment and, and you feel like, God, I just don't feel like you're bringing anybody. It's that place. It's that place maybe that you've been trusting God for a job change or a career change, or maybe you're trusting him and to focus on what school you're supposed to go to or what you're supposed to do education-wise. It's in that place that maybe you feel like God hasn't opened any doors for you. It's in that place where you feel like you've been praying and you've been believing and you're doing what you're supposed to do, but nothing seems to be happening. It's in that place, that place where you feel dry, that place where you feel like God's forsaken you, that place where you feel like you're in a desert. That's where God will come and find you if that's where he's left you. What I find is interesting is that God sent Elijah to the desert to find Elisha. You know, when the burning bush came to Moses, where was he? He was in the backside of the desert. He was in the far side of the desert. When the prophet came to anoint David, where was he? He was in the desert looking after his father's sheep. He was about his business. He was doing what he was supposed to be doing. You see, they were in their place. Their place wasn't out front, it wasn't out center. It's not always the place that you think you should be in. It's the place that God wants you to be in. You think, maybe you think because you're not seen, you won't be seen. But let me tell you, the God of this universe has the best GPS system on the face of this planet. And God is saying, I'm going to come and I'm gonna find you whenever I'm ready. As long as you're in your place, my timing is perfect. Keep going, keep showing up, keep coming. Get in your place today and stay in your place. Church, are we gonna be found in our place this morning? You see, he sent Elijah to go and find Elisha. And not only were they in the desert, but he was working behind 12 pairs of oxen. In the back, he was behind them. And I'm guessing, you know, that wasn't the best place to be. I'm sure it was hot, it was the desert. I'm sure it was smelly. I'm sure it was nasty. I'm sure that there was some dung, if you get what I'm stepping in. I'm sure, <laughs> I wasn't quite sure if I should say that. Maybe I won't next because didn't get quite the reaction I was hoping for. No, um, but it wasn't the place that he, um, that he felt like maybe he was supposed to be in. It was gross. It had to be. I mean, let's be honest. It had to be gross back there. Um, but you know what? The guys greeting in the parking lot, they may feel like that at times. The person that's cleaning the toilets during the week, they may feel like that. The person preparing the food during the week to serve on Sunday morning or the person that's interacting, that's interceding on Saturday morning in prayer, the people that are preparing the kids crafts over there, they may feel like that. And God says, I have them in the place that I need them to be in. And it's an important piece to my big puzzle for tree of life. But are they gonna stay when they think nobody is watching? When nobody sees them behind the oxen, are they gonna keep showing up? Are they gonna get in their place and keep showing up? Are they gonna come back to the place that they're supposed to be and keep showing up? When it feels like it's dry, when it feels like it's arid, when it feels like it's desert, when it feels lonely, are you gonna be faithful? Are they gonna be loyal? Are they gonna be committed? Are you gonna stick with that marriage? 
Are you gonna keep parenting your kids? Are you going to keep yourself pure? Are you gonna keep serving? Are you gonna keep tithing? Are you gonna keep sowing? Are you kinda gonna keep praying? Are you gonna keep believing? Are you going to stay in the place that God has for you, even when it feels dry, even when it feels lonely? You know, some of you have been called to this house. Some of you've been called to this church, but you haven't taken your place just yet. Some of you've been called to this house and you left your place due to COVID and now it's time to get back in your place. Don't get me wrong, you're coming or you're attending or you're watching online, but you need to take the place that God has for you. You need to help park cars. You need to help check kids in. You need to help greet. You need to help usher. You need to help serve. Now is the time for you to get in the place that God's called you to. Remember, like I said earlier, there's a lot going on behind the scenes to make the scene happen. God is saying, take your place. The greatest thing that you can do is connect to the house, connect to this church, because when you feel dry, when you feel lonely, when you feel like you're drowning, when you feel like you're in, in a drought, you still get to ride the momentum of the house. You still get to participate in the blessing of the house. You still get to come up under the anointing of the house. You still get the blessing if you're in the house. And you know, this is so important to me and I've really been thinking, how can I illustrate this point? God has done some great things in this church and he will continue to do great things. I believe the best is yet to come. God is going to impact this community and the surrounding area like never before, but you gotta be connected. You gotta be in the house. You gotta be up under the house. The word of God says that it flows from Jesus Christ down through the ministries, down through the church into our lives. And that's how we're connected. So again, even when you're dry and weary, you can still be fulfilled. You can still have joy. You can still have purpose. You can still accelerate in the destiny that God has for you when you're connected to the house. And as I was thinking about this, because it's such an important point to me, I felt like, God, help me understand, help me be able to explain to this, explain this to people. And what he told me is, honey, remember when you were little, I had to be in second or third grade because I don't think we had moved here yet. My parents are over here. That's why I was looking um, over there. So I had to be young because we hadn't moved here um, to the San Antonio area yet. And I remember coming home from school and I remember, it's gonna make me cry. I remember having three outfits on my bed. Do you remember that mom? Um, I had three outfits on my bed and you know what? So the Lord was telling me that and I was like, yeah, that's great. I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand. And he said, but remember, re keep, keep thinking, keep, keep digging it up, keep remembering. And so I remembered, um, I walked into my room and on the bed I had, it was back when Guess was really big. And I think Guess is coming back, I don't know. But anyways, Guess was really popular. And there was a Guess t-shirt that had a cow on it, which was very strange to me, but it had a cow. And then I had Guess shorts. And I remember the second outfit, all of this means nothing to the story, but it just go with me. Um, the second outfit was peach pants and a peach sweatshirt with different shapes all over it. And I don't remember the third one. Um, but what he was saying is, you know, you are a part of the house. And I was like, okay, okay. But what he was telling me was that, you know what, when mom and dad got a raise or got a bonus, you and your brother either got new shoes or got new clothes, or we got to go out to dinner because when we were growing up, we didn't have a lot of money. And so going out to dinner um, was a luxury. Going out to dinner was 
something that you did um, when you had a little bit of extra money. It was, it was a great thing that we got to do. Getting extra, getting new clothes or getting new shoes was um, something that was a bonus. It was an extra. And so when mom and dad got the raise, my brother and I got the benefit because we lived in the house. You see what I'm saying? Family, what I'm saying is when you live here, and you take part and you take ownership and you pick up a broom and you sweep and you take down the dishes and you lay everything out to provide for an atmosphere of anointing to change people's lives, you get to ride the momentum. You get the blessing because you're in the house. So see, I didn't get the raise. My brother didn't get the bonus, but we got the blessing of what came from that raise or that bonus. So what's happening when you think nothing's happening? What was happening on the inside of Elijah when he was behind those oxen? Let me tell you, there's always more going on than what you think. God's always doing more than what you think. There's always a whole lot more going on than what you see. You see, if what you see is all you see, you will never see all there is to see. If what you see is all you see, you will never see all there is to see. There's a lot more going on this morning, family. And imagine if Elisha saw those 12 pairs of oxen and he was standing in the dung and the desert in the heat. And you know what? There was so much more that was going on inside of him than what he visually could see. And he kept showing up and he kept showing up and he kept showing up and he kept showing up. And because he kept showing up, he was in the right place. He was in his place when God sent his destiny to come to catapult him into the next thing that the Lord had for him. You see, I'm convinced this morning that sometimes If we just keep showing up, we keep doing what we were told to do last. If you don't know what you're supposed to do, go back to what God told you last and keep doing it until you hear his voice tell you to do something different. Keep showing up, keep giving, keep going on. Don't give up and don't give in. Keep turning up. Are you planted in the house this morning? Are you in your place this morning? Is your piece of the tree of life puzzle in the puzzle this morning? Or are you still in the box? I wanna encourage each and every one of you to keep showing up. Keep showing up in your marriage. Keep showing up in your family. Don't underestimate the power of staying in the place that God has for you and keep showing up. I believe that we have to understand that there's a whole lot more going on and God wanted to get Elisha ready to become the successor to the greatest prophet that ever lived while he was behind the oxen. You see, there was so much that God was doing on the inside of him as he kept showing up to plow, as he kept showing up to plow, as he kept showing up to plow. God was working on God's advancement system. God was working on how God propels people. God was working on how he catapults them into the next thing that he has for them because the world system doesn't say oxen, desert, greatest profit, double portion. That only can happen and work out in God's, the way God does things. That can only happen through the Lord. So are you, play, are you in the place that God has for you this morning? You see, God's preparing you for what he already has prepared you for. God's preparing you and preparing the inside of you for what God's already prepared for you. 
because destiny has a place. And we have to understand that in the middle of frustration, when everything inside of us wants to run, when everything inside of us wants to stop, when everything inside of us wants to give up, there's still a lot happening. There's still a lot going on. And when I feel like there's no momentum and I just wanna give up, that's when most Christians either miss their place, abandon their place, leave their place. And that's, then they get displaced from the very place that God has placed them. Don't be displaced this morning. Get back into the place that God has for you. Get back into your place. You have to get into place where God has you so he can do what he wants to do in you, so he can do what he needs to do through you. And oftentimes you have to go to a place and be in a place that you don't want to be in. You have to go through a time of being somewhere that you don't wanna be to eventually be where God has you to be. You see, even Jesus, the King of Kings, had to go to a place that he didn't want to. He had to do some things that he didn't want to do. And that place was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And it says where he was kneeling in the garden, and the Bible says that he was sweating great drops of blood. And he said, Father, I don't want to do this. If there's any other way, take this cup from me. I don't want to do this. But then he said these words, and these are the words I think we need to get back to. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. How many relationships would still be intact if we had a little bit more, nevertheless, not my will, but your will? How many people would be planted in the right church if we had nevertheless, not my will, but your will? How many people would be in the right job, the right marriage, the right financial situation if it was a little bit more, not my will, but your will? We have to be in the right place. We must understand the power of our place and get rooted and grounded in the place that God has for you and for me. You see, only you can run your race. Only you can fulfill the, de the destiny. Only you can be the piece of the puzzle that God has painted. Only you can fulfill it. You see, my number 253 is needed. It's important because there's 999 other pieces that are counting on me to complete the puzzle that God has for this body. There's a lost that needs to be found. There's broken that needs to be fixed. There's hurting that needs to be healed. And every piece is important and every piece is needed to accomplish that mission. So in closing today, I wanna say, how do you regain? Or how do you get back your momentum to get in the right place to fit your puzzle piece in the family of tree? Some of you this morning need to take your place that God has sent you to. Some of you need to get back into place because you've given up your place and you're feeling like you've been displaced or replaced, but God has a place still for you. Some of you today, just this word is some of you, for some of you today, just like it is for myself. And when it comes to your family and your marriage, I promise you this is a word for you that if you would get into your place, your marriage would bloom, your family would grow stronger, the things that God has for you would come into clear vision and you would walk out the plan and the purpose that God has for you. He's going to resurrect some destinies here and some dreams this morning. He's going to revive some dreams on the inside of us, but we have to get back in our place. We have to be serving and you have, you can't give up, you can't get tired, you can't get weary. You have to hold the course this morning. You see, family, I'm preaching this message to myself as much as I'm preaching it to you. 
You know what I'm saying? I know it's gonna be hard. I know there will be hard times. I know that it's scary and I know that sometimes it's very, very lonely. But when the Lord told me to preach this message many, many weeks ago, I was super excited. But I was super excited because I thought I was gonna preach a different message. But every time I kept focusing and kept going on this other message, this other message, the Lord kept bringing me back to this message. And to be honest with you, I had many, many days, weeks of panic, of fear, of fright. I was going crazy in my mind and so was the enemy. Because you know what, about 10 years ago, I've preached this message before. About 10 years ago, I used the same illustration and the enemy kept going over and over and over in my mind. You preach once a year, can you not get some new material? Can you, can you not come up with a new illustration? But what the Lord was saying to me, was I gonna take my place? Was I going to put my piece in the puzzle that God has for tree of life? Was I going to let the Lord use me? Was I going to get into my place? Because if I wasn't, how can I expect you to? How can I expect you to do something that I'm not willing to do myself? So here, please hear my heart when I tell you, this is as much for me as it is for you. I know my weaknesses. I know where I've come from. I know what I've done and I know what I haven't done, but so does the enemy. So you can't speak, the enemy says. So you can't read. You don't have anything to share, <laughs> at least nothing new. You have no training. You're gonna embarrass your family. Why are you even considering it? You're nowhere near as good as the rest of the pastors. Why are you even gonna get up there? You see, this whole message is for me and God is saying, are you going to take your place, Jessamy? When it's hard, will you stay in your place? When it seems like nothing will change or hasn't changed, are you gonna stay in your place? Now, I'm not saying that my place is easy and your place is hard. I'm saying my, and I'm not saying that it's gonna be fun all the time. What I'm saying is the reward is worth it. What I'm saying is your reward is worth it. My reward will be worth it because I believe 100% with my whole heart that God's gonna do great things from this moment forward. God's gonna do great things in you from this moment forward. You see what I figured out in the last five weeks is it doesn't really matter how I speak as long as I speak. It doesn't really matter how I read as long as I get up here and read. It doesn't really matter if I share as long as I open my mouth. It doesn't really matter if I have training or not, God will train me. It doesn't matter if I get embarrassed, God will fix my embarrassment. It doesn't matter if I get scared because I am scared. It doesn't matter if somebody can do it better than me. What matters is that I take my place because nobody can take it for me. He's preparing me for something that he's already prepared for me. So when God comes looking for me, I wanna be in my place. I want my peace to be in the puzzle. I want to connect with God. So my question for you this morning is, are you going to be in place? Are you going to be in the right place, I should say? If God came looking for you today, would you be where he left you or would you be where he told you to stay? Have you left your place because you've been offended? Have you left your place because you've been hurt? Have you left your place because you've gotten lazy at home? Have you left your place because you've just gotten comfortable doing something else? God's called you to get in the game and he's telling you, today's the day, honey. Today's the day to get back in your place. Let's all stand this morning. And if you could bow your head for me this morning, I just wanna ask a few questions. 
this morning, I wanna say, you know what? If this message spoke to you and you feel like you need to get in place, I wanna ask you to raise your hand. Maybe you feel like you need to get back in your place. I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. Maybe this morning you feel like you're a lost puzzle hiding under the table. Maybe the dog's taken you and hidden you somewhere. You're broken and you're hurting and you want your piece to fit in the puzzle, but you know what? You've got some bends, you've got some cracks, you've got some brokenness on your piece and you feel like you don't know how you fit. Then I want you to raise your hand this morning. Maybe you're here this morning and you feel like your piece has been in the puzzle and you've stayed in the puzzle, but you're behind the oxen day after day after day and you're tired and you're losing your momentum and you just need God to help you get it back. I wanna pray for you this morning. I wanna pray that you can get in place, find your place, get your place back and excel in all that God has for you this morning. So Father, I thank you for each and every person that's here today and watching online. Father, I thank you that they know their value and their worth in you and that they know each and every piece is important. Each and every person is important. Father, I thank you for their boldness to raise their hands and open up their heart and their ears to hear from you this morning, Father, to get their place back in the picture of tree of life. Father, I ask that you come in and you fulfill them and you give them great vision and great momentum into the next things that you have for them, Father. Father, I thank you in advance that my marriages are gonna be restored and recognized, reconciled because people have gotten in their place. I thank you, Father, that marriages or that families will be stronger because people are taking their place. Father, help us see past the dirty oxen in front of us and see that you're preparing us for something that you have for us down the road. Father, I thank you that each and every one of us has great value. I thank you that we all are important in the peace and the plan that you have for us here at Tree of Life. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.